This is Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. Today we're going to take a look at the Brooklyn Mental Health Court, the first court of its kind in New York State to link mentally ill offenders to treatment as an alternative to jail. Judge Matthew Demick has presided over the Brooklyn Mental Health Court since it was created in 2002. I've had uh, defendants who were accused of violence. One defendant comes to mind who, was accused, who pled guilty to arson, and uh, the DA insisted on a mandate of three years with the court in order to take the case, and he graduated last year and did remarkably well. No doubt he would have been in jail. To do this work, Demick had to learn about more than the law. He also had to learn a thing or two about psychiatry. He met for an hour each week with the court's psychiatrist to get a feel for medical terms, diagnoses, and medication. But he emphasizes that he still leaves medical decisions to the experts. I know my boundaries. I'm a lawyer. I'm not a mental health professional. So as much as I would not let the mental health professionals impose any kind of a uh, legal uh, uh, mandate on me, I rely on their expertise and don't try to diagnose anybody or act like a mental health professional in my own work. On Tuesdays, Demick spends his time with clients in the courtroom. Procedures are very different here than in a conventional courtroom. It's a very informal atmosphere in the court. I mean, my clinical team, which I'm lucky to have, consults with the lawyers in the district, the defense lawyers, the district attorneys, all throughout the proceedings. And, uh, and you know, we get to go through things very efficiently, and yet, I think very fairly, with justice being done. Every defendant gets a chance to talk to me. If they want to approach the bench, they're allowed to approach the bench, which you'd never see in a conventional courtroom. The judge is alternately stern and welcoming, serious and jovial, depending on each client's record of compliance with his orders and their treatment regimes. Those who are doing well receive certificates of achievement when they complete a phase of their court-ordered treatment. How are you? All right. I'm fine. Good. So come on, come on up. I have your phase four certificate. Jail sentences are imposed on those who fail. Well, why is Ms. Sanchez off of medication and why is she not on time for her program? Sir, um, I thought that though the jail might. No, I don't want to go to jail. So I thought that might wake you up a little bit. No, sir. It? Can you please understand that I looked at my watch and there was a misunderstanding with the watch? No, I don't understand that. It won't happen again. Okay, I come back next weekend. I'm sorry, sir. Judge Demick uses the computer on his desk and a technology program customized for the Brooklyn Mental Health Court to take copious notes on each client. When clients appear before him, Demick strives to make a personal connection. He, he keeps notes on his cases, and when a client comes up, you know, if she had knit a sweater on the last date, he might have jotted that down. We all kind of do, you know. You wore this sweatshirt or was going off to this Yankee game. How was that? How was your birthday? And I think that that personalizes that. Um, and, you know, even, you know, with note-taking or however somebody does it, the fact that they're acknowledged and that, you know, they're important to him. Um, and they also know when they disappoint him. That was defense attorney Colleen Morrissey of the Legal Aid Society, who noted that the entire treatment team plays a role in her client's recovery. Uh, with the treatment team and with their knowledge of uh, substance abuse and relapse and mental health and relapse and, uh, to a certain extent, um, clients who may not be taking their medication or 
those issues, they're very familiar with that, and I think that they have a way of educating the court as to what these issues are as well, and that's very helpful. For clients like Stephanie, the Brooklyn Mental Health Court is a second chance, one that offers her an opportunity to not only avoid jail, but learn how to live with her mental illness. Originally, my case was downstairs in the regular criminal part trial. And when I came up here, they said, we're going to give you a chance. We're going to work with you. And I was like, God, I'm so happy. You know, somebody's going to work with me and, and help me. So I'm very happy with the program. What kind of treatment have you been getting? Oh, it's wonderful. They sent me to a day program. It's a, um, a clubhouse. And we go there. I go there five days a week, and they have cooking, they have computers, they have uh, um, interfacing with the clients and dealing with the um, staff, but it's also a hands-on program because you get to do a lot of things on your own, like answering the phones, and they give you a lot of responsibilities, so it's great therapeutic uh, works. I like it. <laughs> and, and what have you learned from your experience? I've learned that the courts of the um, United States want to work with people. They want to see us in a, a satisfying, comfortable situation as opposed to uh, sending us through the, you know, the jail system and uh, always looking down on us as though we're not uh, able to uh, be productive citizens. They're giving us a chance to actually turn our situation around and become productive. Lucille Jackson is director of the Brooklyn Mental Health Court. The cases can range from, you know, um, drug-related offenses to assaults to we, on a case-by-case -case basis, we do take arson, um, stalking, Brooklyn District Attorney Charles Hines' office has been closely involved in the development of the Brooklyn Mental Health Court in choosing which cases to bring to the Mental Health Court. Assistant District Attorney David Kelly says public safety is a top consideration. What we're worried about when we talk about public safety in the context of a mental health court is really future dangerousness or future criminality and also you know, recidivism. Uh, getting getting arrested again or coming coming back through the system again. And the psychiatrists here um, do a very good job of giving us um, you know a psychiatric risk assessment, the likelihood of future dangerousness. And down through the years, we've uh, we've rejected a number of defendants because the doctor was concerned about the defendant's uh, you know future behavior. And then the other element is once uh, when once the defendant is pled out he usually has a pretty substantial jail alternative hanging over his head, and that ought to uh, be a, a strong influence for him to behave in the future. And then in addition, we never really adjourn a case in the mental health court more than one month into the future if you've been doing well. And in the beginning, if you're brand new to the court, then we'll see you almost on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. which is almost unheard of in, in most courtrooms. To find out more about the Brooklyn Mental Health Court, visit www.courtinnovation.org. Thanks for listening. This has been Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation.